Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, everybody, what's going on? It is Jason. We are on a long weekend, and it was a whirlwind weekend for us. Our youngest turned 10, and... For five days. Yeah, I think after naming her after a princess, it just set the bar too high. In our defense, though, we named her after a princess that sleeps. (laughs) That's true. uh, And that that doesn't seem to happen. (laughs) No, it didn't really work out for us. She wants to rule a kingdom and have all the stuff of a princess, but that's about it. Yeah, I don't want to put those kinds of illusions of grandeur in her head, though. She's already got them. That's the issue. But I think we can officially put a cap on celebrating her 10th birthday now that we have celebrated it all weekend. We'll see. We'll see. Right, so it's back to the salt mines and back to another episode Um of our top 100 games of all time. And oh boy, we are in the top 20. So it's True. pretty pretty good. All good games, no surprises, I don't think. Yeah, it looks it looks pretty normal. Yeah. It should be what you expect from a board yeah. game mechanics podcast. Yeah, they're just games. There's a few that have snuck in um, that are newer that we'll see how they fare. But uh, yeah. We'll talk about that later, because first we're going to talk about news. I have two pieces of news from two separate crowdfunding sites. So let's start with the OG, the Kickstarter. I actually don't know. I'm sure it's first, but uh, yeah, I don't know I think, that. I think, so. I think so, but yeah, I don't know that for sure. Um, and the first game I talk about is Sea Dragons and... What originally made me look at Sea Dragons is because the artwork on this is from Jason's favorite artist, board game artist. Clemens Franz? That's my favorite. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Weaverson Santiago. Yeah, I mean, what else do you need to say? It's Weaverson Santiago. Go back, go buy the game. Um, it like legitimately is gorgeous. Um, this is actually a game I was reading. Um, Simone Luciani's name is on it. However, I believe this is a like re-implementation of um, a game from where did I say this is originally from? I don't remember. Oh, um, it uh, it was uh, well, I don't know. Maybe Simone Luciani did it. It was originally published in Chile. So this is this Kickstarter is talk is doing the English version from Draco Studios and the Spanish version um, by Tespo Games, which I think is really cool that they're working on that. Um, the bits are cool. You've got these dragon heads and dragon bodies. It looks like an area control game where you're putting these dragons out in patterns on cards to complete contracts. They're really colorful, pretty. You got this really great mat. Um, Oh, it it is not a two player only game, which I found at first confusing. Um, but there are so many colorful dragons. You can also capture pirate ships, I believe, by using your sea dragons. And it's it really is so beautiful to me. Uh, 40 minutes. So it looks like a very laid back, relaxing kind of game where you're sinking pirate ships and getting their treasures and just laying out these really cool sea dragons. So, if you like beautiful artwork, if you like um, really tactile pieces here, and that kind of, like, um, area control, you know, with a little bit of, like, contract fulfillment, 
definitely check this out. So Sea Dragons um, should be on Kickstarter. There's about eight days left by the time this podcast drops. And it is only $38. So the price range is good. Yeah, I just want to buy it for the art. I don't even care what the game does. Um, I like his box, his, his box arts. I like his art and games. Uh, the bits look cool. The gameplay seems interesting, but feels like an abstract. I, I don't know. I It's Simone Luciani, so I doubt it, but it feels like it. I, I don't know. I don't know. I like the art. Yeah, I'm not really sure about the gameplay, but it is very pretty, and I would just want to play with my little dragon pizzas. Per usual. Um, yeah, so that's uh, on Kickstarter. Eight days left on Sea Dragons. Another game that I would be remiss if I didn't talk about, and the reason I'm talking about this one, the last one was the artwork. This one is the designer, and the designer is a love-hate relationship. Love on Jason's side, hate on my side for the most part. And that is Marty Wallace and his game Steam Power. Steam Power is a train game. Imagine that. Based on what it says in GameFound, that it's got a quicker setup and playtime. But again, you're building flipping networks with trains and like city factories and fulfilling contracts. Like Via Nebula. Like Brass. Like Brass. I mean. <laughs> like Age of Industry. Like uh, Australia. <laughs> so I'm like, how many times can you design the same game and still put it out and say it's a new one? There, Marty. Well, also like Steam, which is also a Martin Wallace game. I mean, I'm sure Marty doesn't listen to this podcast, but I'm gonna, I, I I'm gonna send it to him. Don't I? Do, I just don't. I don't know. I I only like one Martin Wallace game. Nope, lie. I like two Martin Wallace games. Yeah, there you go. I forget one of them right now. L- London and Toledo. Oh yeah, Toledo. Um. Yeah, I really like London. I like to win at Toledo. All his other route building things, resource. No, thank you. I no, thank you. But this looks like maybe this is a little bit of a quicker. It says the playtime 60 minutes, one to five players. I did see that. That's surprising. And the, but. But the, the age is 14 plus, so I really don't know. And like, unlike the genre, it's the genre tags are hilarious on GameFound. It's tagged as history, strategy, area control, solo, multiplayer, competitive, resource management, two player, and economic. <laughs> <laughs> At least it didn't say cooperative because, yeah, then it is weird. not, but. It, the components are cool, especially the deluxe edition, which is wow expensive. Um, but the the one nice thing is that yes, there's a deluxe edition with really cool stuff. There's also um, a a regular version with cubes, and it is cheaper. So there is that. All right, publishers, but, take note. Do yeah, this. And, and I honestly think this is being self-published by by Marty because it's from Wallace Design Studio or Wallace Design something. Well, he had all those like contractual issues. Wallace that, Designs. Yeah, all those contractual issues. He probably just got tired of it. Like, all right, I'll do it myself. He has. Oh, I still don't know anything about that. Yeah, network building, resource production is. On your turn, you perform two actions, which can be the same. You either build tractiles, build a huh. factory, like fill press. a contract, <laughs> take money from the bank, or take contract tiles. 
That sounds just like breast. I, I just... Uh, okay, so if you love Marty Wallace um, and you're looking for another game that is like so many other games, won't you check out Steam Power? Uh, there are 13 days left on GameFound. And if you want like just the regular basic edition, it's $40 for that. So, I mean, I like Martin Wallace, but even I feel like this is too much like some of his other games and i i just how many times can you build a network and transfer iron and coal to build a building to score points i mean come on marty come on which which makes me wonder if maybe you don't play any of his other games except for london because it's the only good one and you play this one and it's like simpler not convoluted and you're like oh this is a good game forget brass forget i don't know the 20 other things that are like brass this is it. I mean, you I would what? doubt. I would doubt that it's not convoluted just because it's a Martin Wallace game. It might be less convoluted, right? But there's still convolution in there, hundred percent. So if you've been wanting to try a Marty Wallace game for some reason, you just can't play the best one, London. Yeah, why don't you take a look at Steam Power on GameFound? Thirteen days, forty dollars. If you want the fancy, it's ninety nine. <laughs> but what? It seems a little much. But hey, who am I to judge? You like what you like, even if it's a really expensive game that's just like something else. So that is what I have for news this week. All right, so let's talk about some games that we played and move on from our Martin Wallace hate because that makes me sad a little bit inside. <laughs> you love Martin Wallace. I know. I, I was I was crapping on him too. I'm not saying it, but I mean, when I can tell that you're just repeating the same game over and over and over, it's a problem. Stefan Feld does that too, but it's fine. Oh. So, well, we're going to talk about a few games we played. And we played some hotness. We played some hotness. <laughs> Look at Who are we? One of them is a little older hotness, but it's still hot. And one of them is a newer hotness that came out last year. So, not super new. But the first game we're going to talk about is The White Castle. And this is a game from Devere. It's a pretty small box. It's a, it's a nice package, nice production. And this is a game about... It's set in Japan, and you are basically trying to get as much influence in the White Castle as you can by sending gardeners, courtesans, and warriors to the castle grounds to score points. And the way you're going to do that is by dice drafting and dice placement. You're going to draft a die that are in three different colors, red, white, and black. And then you're going to put that die in a space on the board, and depending on the color and the value, is going to determine what kind of action you can take. You may earn money, you may earn points, you may move up on the turn order track, which can score points. You may be able to put a courtesan, a gardener, or a warrior out on the board, which fires off extra actions, which makes you score points. Everything's interconnected. Every action feels like it's just raining stuff down on you. You just start getting a ton of different bonuses from turn one, which is good because you only get nine turns. Um, it's, it's a smaller game. It still has a little bit of a teach. But once you get into it, the iconography is pretty easy to understand. It all kind of makes sense, how it kind of links together. And I think it's a pretty good game. Um, we, we played an extra round just because three felt a little short. But either way, uh, it was a fun game, and I had a good time. And who doesn't like dice drafting and dice placement? So how did you feel about the White Castle? I really, really like this game. And sometimes everyone hypes. Like, we definitely obviously hate on games that are hyped. Um but this is my kind of game 
when you can chain things together to fire off bonuses after bonuses, like it feels to me like a well-run deck builder, but you're not deck building, but you're like board setting up. <laughs> no, there's a word for it. chaining. You're chaining bonuses. I yeah, love com- combo, a bunch of combos. I love that. Obviously, I, I think it's very pretty. I like the components, my little farmers and samurais and courtesans. I love them. Um, the colors they use, I was very happy about for player pieces, which is a weird thing to like, but I don't care. And it's Asian themed. Hello. Hi, Miji Castle, the White Castle. It's just, it, it's so pretty. It, it like has all that. And, and it's like a smaller box. Which y'all know I love when a small box packs a lot of stuff. And this really does. Also, there are so many different things that you can do. I feel like there are lots of viable paths to victory. I think I won when we played. Um, yes, you did. Yeah. But I really worked to diversify my portfolio in this. Like, I was trying to get rid of all my characters. Which I think is a good plan. Um, but I think you could go heavy into one one character and like make that work for you like i think there are just lots of ways to make this happen and even if you like you're like yeah i need to get rid of my characters on the board because that's going to give me more bonus and stuff how you go about that i think um it's really different because you can go and choose like the high number dice so you're taking like full on good actions or what i try to do was i'm gonna take the low dice so I get my little, is it a lantern bonus or something? What's that? What's yeah, that? lanterns, yeah. Get my lanterns because I had some good, like I started out with good lanterns and just like then like work my way up with what I can get from that, like a sneaky backdoor. Like I was playing possum, like, oh, yeah, number six would be so great. I'll just take the number one. But I'm going to pay these other two and I'm going to make it number three. And then I'm going to go here and then that's going to do this. And then bam, it's an awesome turn. Yes, it was just so satisfying. And I want to play it again. Like if this will definitely be my top 100 next year. Faux show. Yeah, my only complaint is I do feel like it's a little too short. I think three rounds felt too short. Yeah, we played a fourth and I think that was good. Yeah, it, it's it's only a three-round game, but it's not going to hurt anything if you just keep it on round two and just play a second round two. It's fine. Yeah, it's a good game. Quality game. Um, glad that we have it. We can play it whenever we want. And we will. All right, so the next up is, I don't even know. It might have come out in 2023. I don't know. But it's gotten pretty popular recently, and that is After Us. And this is a game that we played for our Lunar New Year party, and then Katie got it for me for Valentine's Day. And this theme is basically Planet of the Apes. Humans are gone, and apes are ruling the world. And you're running a tribe of apes trying to be the most efficient and effective tribe of apes to score points. Deck building game where you're using these junkie cards, you're putting them in a line. You're trying to create boxes from these four cards that you're playing to get goods, be able to spin goods for points. Um... You know, get rid of cards because when you get rid of cards, you get rid of your junk cards, but they give you a bonus as well. And it's a race to be the first player to get to 80. If you can get to 80 points, that will end the game and you are the winner. Uh, you're going to try to buy upgraded cards of the four different types of apes. Each of them are going to have a specialty of like points or batteries or whatever. And you're just 
and the best part that I like is everybody's playing at the same time. You're playing your card at the same time. You're grabbing your card at the same time, so it doesn't outstay its welcome. So this is a fantastic game. Um, it, the solo is great as well. I've played that a couple times. Um, if you're into deck building, you're into the Planet of the Apes, and you like Vincent Dutrait, I'd say you should check this out. So, yeah, that's After Us. What do you think about After Us? Yeah, I liked it. Otherwise, I would not have bought it for you and inflicted it on myself. <laughs> um, that's true. Yeah, I really love a deck builder and and a good engine builder, and I like that this kind of combines those two. Um, I don't really care about the ape theme, but you know, whatever the art. I mean, I like Vincent Dutrait art, so it's cool. Um, I like that you purchase different cards. My issue is, like, if I purchase a card um, from a particular type of ape. Um, those cards tend to generate what it took for me to buy that card. So I feel like sometimes you can kind of get locked into um, like one type of card, which isn't always great. Um, I don't particularly love a race to a certain point amount. Like that's not my favorite. I'm like, you play your game. I play my game. We'll see who does it. Well, you can still do that in this. Yeah, but we're still like... You, I, you play different knowing that you need to get to 81st. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's true. You, you just you just play different. Um, I don't mind that super a lot because there are, again, different ways to do that. And your cards come out in different, you know, combos and you're buying different types of things. Um, so I think that's really cool. Um, and, and I like how you're putting together like the boxes and they can be different. We can have the same four cards, but we will generate different things because of how we place the cards. Right, so, so I think is that true. is also a cool thing as well. Um, so it's a fun little puzzly, um, like it's not contract fulfillment, but you're trying to make the, the most of your tableau, which I think is a, is an awesome thing. Like I like I like that it's taken some very basic mechanics and kind of mixed them up a little bit. I don't know that I want to play this all the time. Like I would much rather play White Castle over this, just because that's more my type of game. Yeah, but this can also play five, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, but I yes, I do I do like it. I I did enjoy it. Uh, the thing that I like that I wish more deck builders would do is when you buy a card, it goes to the top of your deck to be used immediately. That is fantastic. It is nice. It's a nice let's keep payoff. let's keep that up in deck builders. <laughs> Give me the card that I buy. Let me use it immediately. That would be awesome. Well, but then that shows that this is not necessarily a focus on deck building as much as it's arranging the for points in the race. Yeah. 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 I agree. But either way, these two games are fantastic. If you haven't played either of them, check them out. They're quite different, but they're both really good. So there we go. We played lots of games, but these are the two we're talking about. And now we're moving on. All right. And now we're up to our main feature, which is top 100 games of all time. And we're in our top 20, baby. So we're going to do games 20 to 11. And our next episode will be the final countdown. do 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 of the top 10 so we are building up again if you have listened to the show for any amount of time you know we like these games um 
However, I noticed in some of like the chat conversations and things, people will say, oh, yeah, I still need to try that game. And I'm like, where where you been? We've been talking about these games for three years. Like, you need to play them. And also, like, play them with us for sure. Like, if you were anywhere near Southwest Ohio, let's meet up and play one of these games because the games on my top 20 are games I really love and I really want to play. And actually, what's interesting is the section today, I think there's only one crossover. However, there are several games on Jason's list in this section that I know are my top 10 and vice versa. So um, you will hear about them probably again if you only hear about them from one of us this week. So Jason will kick us off with his number 20. All right. So my number 20 is one of the most popular push your luck games out right now. And we have everything for it. It's fantastic. And that is the Quacks of Quedlinburg. This is a game where you are basically some doctor. You're pulling chits out of a bag trying to make this potion or I don't know. Who cares? You're pulling yes. chits out yeah. You're pulling chits out of a bag trying not to get seven value of white or you bust. Over seven of white and you bust. You're trying to fill your pot as high as you can. The farther you can get, the more points you're gonna get, the more value you're gonna have to buy more chips to put in your bag to make it less likely you're gonna bust. Um, a couple of the expansions add some different stuff, but the base game by itself is just fine. I would probably still rank it this high if I only had the base game because it's that good. So, uh, if you're into push your luck and you're into a little bit deeper of a experience other than just, you know, pure push your luck, there's some actual other stuff going on in this game to make it a little bit deeper. I say check it out. So my number 20, the quacks of Quedlinburg. Yeah. I think I've talked about this already. And again, I just taught it not the long ago, the base game and, like I said, out of the expansions, the only two things I would add would be the overflow pot and six pumpkins. Otherwise, no. Base game is where it's at. Uh, my number 20 is new to the list because it is a newer game to us. It was all the rage. Uh, I remember it coming to Kickstarter and thinking it sounded awesome. But then it has this word war in it. And that sounds like fighting. And I don't like fighting. But I do like it when it's pulling things from a bag like quacks, but it's not. It is Wonderland's War. Yes, Wonderland's War made it to Kitty's top 20. I'm not crazy like Jason and made it like his number one game of all time last year or something insane. Okay, that may have been a mistake. I, I understand that now. <laughs> it's still good. It's still good. Yes, it's number 20. But it yes, is good. It's not a top one game. I get, I get that. <laughs> so we... Uh, in, in Jason's madness, we bought like the deluxe edition on this this last Kickstarter. Um, we haven't played the new expansion, the some kind of Shards of Madness. Shards, ex- Shards of Madness, yeah. I remember. Look at me go. Shards of Madness expansion yet, but there's still so much great stuff in this game. Um, there is the push your luck element in the battles. You start out with some chips in your bag. Your character has powers based on some chips. They're all wonder, like basic characters in Wonderland. Um, then you go to a tea party. There's two phases. Tea party phase where you can collect more chips or get some more powers. You're putting different characters out on the board at different these different battle sites. Second half, you do these battles, which is really pulling chips simultaneously out of your bag as other people who are there. 
and getting points and or castles or meeting these goals, which makes it nice because you don't always have to win battles because I don't always win. Like the idea of battling for me is like area control and I don't like that and I'm bad at it, but I can win Wonderland's War because I don't necessarily have to win every battle. Strategic battles, um, you know, moving things off of your board it's not tech tree per se, but there is something to that because then you get these in-game scoring opportunities. You get you unlock special powers that really help you win things. Um, the artwork is cool. All the chips are cool. Uh, the Wonderlandian, we now have like the actual minifigures, which are really cool. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a good game. And it seems super intimidating but again, if you played Quacks, you understand the idea of pushing a lot of things out of a bag. It's like Quacks and um, I'm trying to think of another game that it reminds me of like that would have a baby to make Wonderlands War. Oh, yeah. We talked about this before. Uh, I feel like the Tea Party parts kind of like Takedo moving around. But yeah, yeah, I was thinking almost like. I wanted it originally. I thought Marco Polo because you're leaving things places. You've got contract fulfillment. You're collecting some things. I don't know. I'll think of it. But it it's not as intimidating as it seems. It's not as like fighting as it seems with the title Wonderland's War, which is kind of stupid. I think I would have named it something else. But um, it's a, it's a good game. My number twenty Wonderland's War. Yeah, the title does this this game no favors. All right, my number 19 is actually, I'm, I'm saying Clank Legacy, but I'm going to put all Clank in here because Clank Legacy is all that I really want to play, but I like all Clank kind of equally. So my number 19 is the Clanks, all of them. Um, but the Legacy specifically is like an 11-game campaign where you're you know playing a deck-building game, going through a dungeon, and as you're progressing through the games, you're getting stickers on board, you're changing the state of the game, you're ripping up cards, all that kind of thing. Uh, we played through it twice. We're playing through a third time. Uh, it's it's that good. Uh, it's just a fun deck builder moving around the dungeon trying to collect an artifact and get up to the top before you die. That's effectively the game. Um, crazy theme, silly art, funny little catchphrases on cards. It's just a, a ton of fun. And if you play any of the, the Clanks, they're all going to have a similar vibe. Um, so, yeah, if you can't find Legacy, just play regular Clank and it'll be, I think, equally as fun. Um, so my number 19, Clank. All the clanks, all the clanks, <laughs> all the clanks. Yeah, it's it's good. My number nineteen is one I haven't played in a while, but I love this game because I love the theme. Um, I love the expansion, the backstage expansion to it, and it's Shakespeare. Um, this game, the box is ugly. It doesn't know favors. The artwork not so hot in it, but um, I. I I think it's criminally underrated. I don't think a lot of people have played it. I don't. I don't know if it's out of print or you just can't find it or people. Yeah, I, don't just, know. I, I haven't seen it anywhere, so who knows? Who knows? People just hate Shakespeare. There is that. Um, but in this game, you're helping stage Shakespeare in plays, so you are getting actors. You are getting costumes on actors. Um, you are getting uh, stage sets. Um, you're getting favor with the queen, like. Uh, the backstage expansion. So you're doing this by bidding on your number of actions that you get. And um, you can't use the same actions that you did the round before. 
So getting people that can work with you to have like people that will do kind of the tailoring or like the stagehands so that you have more options to do things in multiple turns is really helpful. Or what do you hold back? Like that's a really great mechanism. Um, getting things built in a certain way. Like do I spend extra money for like these, I think they're like these golden either clothing or stage props or whatever or set um designs or whatever that is its own balancing again there i I like this game because there's multiple paths to victory i like the theme in the backstage version if you choose not to bid with some of your like player your available actions those can be used to do different actions backstage which i think is really cool so then you're really maximizing what you can do on your turn um it's just such a fun game and it doesn't get played enough it doesn't even get played enough and it's on our shelf and it's one of my top 20 um i just think it's overlooked and it makes me real sad because it's it's such a good game uh so my number 19 is shakespeare yeah, it's totally out of print because it's going for like $99 on BGG. And you know how gamers are. I'm sorry, everybody. Come play my copy of Shakespeare with me then. All right, so my number 18 is a game that we also haven't played for a long time. And I don't know why. Uh, but that is Zolkin, the Mayan Calendar. And this is a really fun like worker placement game where you're putting workers on these different gears and the longer the worker sits there, the better the action they're going to take. But that's the longer time that it takes for you to be able to take that action. Because on your turn, you're going to put workers down, you're going to pick workers up. And if you pick them up, you have to pick them all up. So you're trying to figure out, you know, if I put this here, how long do I have to wait? Am I going to have enough people to just keep putting stuff out and delaying the inevitable to keep this guy on this wheel as long as I need it to? And you got to feed your workers, which is kind of annoying. It's one of those games. But there's these cool crystal skulls that you're trying to build. You can put that on a, on a gear to score a ton of points. Uh, there's tracks you can run up. There's buildings you can build. There's tons of different things you can do in this. But um, And every action or every path kind of feels feel satisfying. I'm not good at it, so don't ask me for strat <laughs> tips. But uh, if you want to build skulls, build skulls. You want to move up on tracks, move up on tracks. It's just a really fun game. It's clever. The use of the gears is a gimmick, I think, but it's clever the way that it works, and I, I like a gimmick anyway. So my number 18 is Zolkin, the Mayan calendar. I, I think I don't mind this. I would like to play it again because I feel like I don't I I don't know that the last time we played it that I did a very good job. I will say that. Um, I mean, I just, never do, so it's fine. <laughs> I know, but I also want to feel like, hey, I'm doing this. Like, I'm doing okay here, but I just, I'm not, not doing okay. Um, my number 18, also a game we've been played very often. And it's because some of the people we play with regularly, one, one person doesn't like it. And then... The other people we play with, I don't know if it would be too much for them, but I kind of want to try it. And that's Predaporter. Um, gosh, we actually have the n- new version of Predaporter. I would not 
say no to the old busted, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah, good luck. That one's like doesn't even exist anymore. I know, but the new version has really cool, I think, really cool art in it. It's very modern. Um, so, Preda Porter, you're running a fashion house. And it, it is a lot to balance because you are balancing like designs that are going out in the collection and the people that are working in the office and you know your funds and the fashion show itself and you know there's a lot that goes into it and I think that thematically that is so cool and I love I I genuinely like games where you're juggling multiple things like that I think it's because my I'm growing concerned in my old age and I'm ADHD because my brain can't function on just like focus on just one thing. I have to have like 15 things so I can jump around like a crazy squirrel on the espresso. And that's what Predator does for me. I'm like, yeah, we're going to do this and then we're going to do this. Okay, so this will feed into this later. All right, I'm thinking ahead and I'm, and I'm planning things and I'm like, oh, we need that. Well, I got to do that. What am I going to sacrifice this turn? And for me, thematically, like the choices and how you play make so much sense. Because I I don't know, maybe it's always my dream to be a fashion designer. When I was young, there was this, it was like fashion plates, it's called fashion plates. I could even sing you the song from the commercial, which again, why does this information lodge in Katie's brain? But you could do, it was like these templates where you could, like to do fashion designing. And even though I am the worst artist, I cannot sew a straight line to save my life. I want to be a fashion designer. And this game scratches that itch. It's like, I want to build a dinosaur park. I want to build a roller coaster park. Um, I also want to be a, fa- a fashion house. And that this game does it. It's just really good. Um, my number 18, Preda Porter. Yeah, I just got to get better at teaching this, I think, and we can play it more. It's kind of a pain in the butt to teach. but Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Portal. Portal games are not uh, teaching and rules friendly, so someday I'll figure it out. All right, my number 17 is actually another game that I've been getting into games that where everybody plays at the same time. And this is another one, and this is Earth. Um, Earth is a game that where you're you're selecting an action and the, uh, you're tr- basically trying to build this tableau of cards. You're building a forest in front of you that's going to be built. It's going to be made out of cards in a four by four grid. And on your turn, you're going to select one of these. I think four actions up at the top. Uh, you get to do a better version of the action, and everybody else can do a weaker version of the action, kind of like um, San Juan or Puerto Rico or something like that. And then, based on the color of the action, all the cards in your tableau that are that color, you can activate them if you want to, because some of them cost and stuff. And you're just trying to build this this engine of all these cards to grow trees on them, get sprouts on them. Uh, you're trying to put cards in your compost, because that's where the point... Everything scores points. There's a bajillion cards. Uh, you're just trying to do what you want to with the cards that you get and have a better engine than everybody else. It's a great game. Um, it can play up to, I think, five people as well, which is nice because we've been having a lot of groups of five. And it's a welcoming theme. It's a fun game, and it's kind of easy to teach because everybody plays at the same time. So, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. So, my number 17, Earth. Yes, this game is good. This game is three more goods. <laughs> 
Uh, my number 17 is a game about dwarves. And we've been <laughs> rewatching uh, Once Upon a Time. If you haven't watched that show, it's it was pretty good. At least the first couple seasons. And Grumpy Dwarf could be in this game. And that's Nidavellir. He probably so is in the game somewhere. He, he probably is. He's one of the brothers that I always like to recruit. <laughs> Um, in, in Nidavellir, you are recruiting dwarves in these different taverns using these cards. So it's like a drafting, um, game, but you're also upgrading the coins that you use to get your place in the drafting order. So as time goes on, hopefully you can draft higher in the order for the certain cards that you want. Again, this is a game where you can have multiple of victory because there are different families of dwarves we'll say represented by different colors that score in different ways and then also um once you have one of each of the different families you get yourself a hero um and the heroes can break rules give you extra bonuses or just give straight points um yeah the arc is cool on this i think and it's a pretty simple game as far as how to play it you take your coin your your like bidding discs you put them down on their spots and then you will flip them over one at a time high number goes first take draft cards but what are you drafting and what are you going after and where do you try to draft first and there's lots of different ways to score points yes i just really really like this is this renegade um no Dang it. Uh, hash it. Oh, I was trying to picture what the logo was in the box. Um, but it is a really fun game. I think it's it's pretty easy to teach because of that. Um, but the nuances of the gameplay are there that that make it can make it challenging. So number 17, Nevalier. My number 16 is one I'm sure you will hear about later um, from Katie. <laughs> and this is the Grand Austria Hotel. And this is a dice drafting game where you are basically trying to open rooms in your hotel to get customers to come to your restaurant, give them the food and the drink that they want so they will then stay in your hotel and give you money and give you points, all the while trying to earn favor with the emperor so he doesn't come to town and, you know, hit your hotel with bad sanctions and all that stuff. You got to stay in his favor. Uh, you t- draft a die. You do the, what the die action is at the strength of how many dice are in that location. So the more dice there, the better that action is. Um, it's a fantastic game. It gives you a ton of things you can do. You can build rooms. You can uh, try to score points in many different ways as you can. Um, you really need to fill rooms with your people. But there are other ways to get points. I'm terrible at this. I can usually not win. But I have a good time on the journey. So that's kind of kind of where I hang out. But it's by the Italians. It's one of the better Italians games, I feel. Uh, it's just a ton of fun. Pretty easy to teach, honestly, and a good time. So my number 16, Grand Austria Hotel. Yes, Grand Austria Hotel is a good game. <laughs> to be continued. Uh, <laughs> my number 16 is a game that I always end up passed out drunk the first round in. And that is Belgian Beers Race. Um, This game, 
I don't know why I like it so much. I don't think Jason likes it as much as me. Uh, he never seems to want to play it. It's I, been... well, I, I always forget about it, for one, but yes. And the rules are kind of fuzzy, and I've had to teach it enough times that it kind of got irritating to me, but that's it. Well, I taught it once, and I feel like I fail completely, but I the, still really like it. The teach sucks. It does. Um, yes, because you're like, well, do this, but don't forget, you can't do this, and then you can do it like this, but not. There are a lot of exceptions to the rules. So once you have that settled, <laughs> it's good. Um, I, you there again? I want to talk about multiple of victory, which I. I, is obviously a big deal for me. Um, I think it's so great because you are, you can collect stuff at these, at these different, you know, breweries you go to, you can get all, you know, the beers, you can get the cheese, you got the cheese. I'm always out of cheese. It's just never working out. Cause yeah, cheese is important. I got to eat the cheese cause then I get too drunk and then I'm passed out and then my day's over. It's just, uh, Oh, man. It's a bad time. <laughs> Always. Every time. The first day. Because you, you were also taking, like, these. Um, sometimes you drink and you toast and it's raising your blood alcohol level. And then I, I always pass out. Yeah, everything raises your blood alcohol level, which is why you need cheese to sober up a little to bit. To help sober you up. It just, every time. It just happens every time. Um, but that's okay. You just, you just, you know, hung over a little bit the next day, but you go. And, like, that's what's so fun about this is it's hilarious in conversations. You're talking about, like, oh, I'm too drunk um, to get on my bike and go somewhere. Well, I got to do this. Um, or just, you show up in a town where somebody is and they're almost passed out and you toast them and it passes them out. I know. That's so mean. That but is mean. It has <laughs> happened to me before also. Um but again, you can, there are also these, um, like little, like the orders almost that you can meet, uh, based on what you have and you can get points that way. Um, you can also hit all of certain, um, like, like these major goals where go to all these different, all, all the particular numbers of breweries that are listed. And that gives you some really great points. Um, Getting these different, go to the different breweries that have these different symbols on them can give you points. Um, you know, filling up your bag and like having, there's a lot of different ways to score points. And again, I think that's what makes us such a great game. And it's just, it's just fun. It's number 16, Belgian Beers Race. Yeah, I don't know why we don't play it a lot. I don't know where it is on my list, so I'm not even going to pretend. Um, my number 15 is actually... A game that I hated on for a while. <laughs> but once I played it, I realized I was mistaken. And it is Wingspan. And this is a tableau building game of sorts where you are basically playing birds down in front of you into three different types of uh, environments. Water, land, and air. Or whatever. I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> Gr green, green, yellow, and blue. Who cares? Uh, and then uh, you're going to, when you activate that action, which is feeding, laying eggs or drawing bird cards based on however many birds you have in that row they're going to fire off extra bonuses so you're basically building this engine of birds in each of these three different sections on your player board uh so the 
you know, you can get a whole bunch of stuff that happens when you just take one little action of drawing cards. You could maybe do five other things, which is pretty cool. Uh, we have all the expansions, which just basically adds a butt ton of cards. There's a bajillion cards in this game, every different type of bird known to man. Um, it's just fun. It's pretty easy to teach, actually, honestly. And it can play, I think, six now as well, which I wouldn't do. But if you want to, you can. If you're into birds, you're into tableau building, um, you're into engines firing off in fun ways, then I say check it out. Minor 15, Wingspan. I'm pretty sure it's water, grasslands, forest. Okay, yeah. Okay, um, my number 15 is a game that I've been in love with that I keep hearing teasers about an expansion, and I've yet to see it. That is Elysium. Um, I think I don't think we played this with my cousin or husband, which we play a lot of. We play a lot of games with them. Oh yeah, we might. Yeah, we could. Because this is so good. Again, I'll come back to Malta Pass of Victory. Okay, so you've got these cards. Um, you choose. I forget how many five or something. Uh, different Olympians to play with. And each of them has a different kind of power. And so you are drafting cards uh, to then either put them in the tableau where you are using their powers. And again, this is really cool because some of them have immediate powers. Some of them have like a linking power. Some of them have in-game scoring powers. Some of them have powers when you move them into Elysium, which is what you can do. It's almost like um, entombing at that Valley of the Kings game. Yeah, same, same deal. Yeah. Oh, come on. I cannot stand the game. But Elysium is so good because it's like working these card powers to make the most of it. It's like, okay, I want to get some good in-game scoring combos. How do I make that happen? How do I get the right families? Um, you uh, draft cards by putting out a, by uh, having the right color of pillars that match the card. You have to get rid of a pillar after each card you draft. What do I keep? What are you keeping? How do I go for that? Oh, my goodness. Like, again... Very simple actions to take. I choose a card that matches the color of my pillars. I get rid of a pillar. I put the card somewhere. I put the card down. I use this power or I don't. I mean, but what do I pick? And with how's that going to work with what I have? Oh, yeah. It's so good. My number 15, Elysium. Yeah, and you're only getting like, I think like 20 turns in the game. Yeah, and so it's you yeah. just to make the most of the time that you have. Yeah, you're trying to get as many cards as you can because you're trying to get sets in Elysium. That's what you're trying to do. And that sounds easy, but it is not. It is not. All right, so my number four, no, wait, yeah, 14, <laughs> we're on 14 now, is we a are. game that we did just play. Um, we just played base game because we have the Salsa expansion, but mm -hmm. we just played base game because we played it with uh, Katie's cousin and her husband who, you know, we don't want to you know bring a game out with all the expansions first and first thing and that is concordia uh concordia is uh, a game where you're basically building buildings around on the map of like trading houses in these different areas these different cities to give you access to different goods and the way that you're doing that is by on your turn you're going to play a card down and the card that you play is going to be the action that you're going to take so i may go to the market to trade some goods i may uh play a card that lets me move my boats around, move my people around, and then build. I may be able to um, draft new cards into my hand. 
But eventually, I'm going to play all these cards down, and I have to pick them back up. So then I play another card that allows me to pick all my cards back up. And you're just trying to play these actions, get as many things built as you can, um, produce goods um, to basically get a bunch of points with the cards you have in your hand. You, you get points for all the different types of cards. They have little banners down at the bottom for each of the different gods. And the gods are going to score in different ways based on what you've done throughout the game. So if I'm leaning heavy in a bunch of people, I want to get the cards that give me points for having people on the board and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it's a really fun game. I enjoy it quite a bit. And as just playing it a few weeks ago, I support where this is on my list at number 14. So that is Concordia. Yeah, this game is is good. I think it might have been on last last podcast or something for me. Super fun. Uh, my number 14 is a game we have not talked about at all. <laughs> it's earth um yes this is so good this is like terraforming mars is good arc nova like tried to do it in like uh like a better theme for me but didn't quite get it but earth freaking did oh i just it's so good the tableau building and all the different kinds of cards and i'm like where are the mushrooms and look at this crazy plant I just, it's so good. It's like scoring points all over the place. You got your own thing going. I got my own earth going. And like, ooh, what's your collection over there? That's cool. Okay, I'm not doing that. I'm doing this over here. Oh, you got trees? Interesting. Like, you got your own goals. I got my own goals. There's a few, like, group goals, and that's cool. We'll try for those. I, And then we'll just see how it works out in the end. I love that. I love that. This game's good. Earth, my number 14. Yeah, I already said my piece, so you know how I feel. So, yep. All right, so my number 14 is actually a game that we have a few. Your number 13? Yeah, that too. My number 13 is actually a game that we have some expansions for. We've played one of them. We haven't played all of them yet because the base game in itself is fun enough. And the game is Everdell. This is a little worker placement game where you're taking on a family of cute little animals, woodland creatures. And you are basically sending them out into the forest to gather resources and then using those resources to recruit more critters to your village or build buildings for your critters to work in. Um, This is a tableau building game where you can only play so many cards down and you're trying to get cards that give you a bunch of points because whoever has most points at the end of the game is a winner. There's a few certain types of goals where if you build a certain number of certain color cards first, you can claim those goals, get extra points. But at its heart, Go collect resources, build cards, try to have more points than everybody else. Uh, there's some linking that you can do with if I build a building, a school. If I can find a teacher, I can build that teacher for free because I have my school, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's fantastic art, fantastic production, really fun game, and I enjoy it quite a bit. So it's my number 13, Everdell. That's another game that you hit it on for a long time and realized you were wrong. I did. I, I do that a lot. I'm trying to change my ways. <laughs> I'm trying to change my ways. But yeah. My number 13 uh, is an oldie but a goodie. It has really ugly art. But, I gosh, we played this. I, I don't, it wasn't that long ago. And I thought, man, this game is like brain burny. But it just scratches like some of my favorite itches as far as mechanics. And that is Lorenzo Il Magnifico. Um, using these dice, like we all have the same ones um, to use available to us. 
So that can make your turns interesting if like the numbers stink or the numbers are great. Um, to be able to afford cards, like they get exponentially more expensive and like trying to get all the resources you need and the money you need and the military you need to make those things happen. Um, while you're pulling cards from these towers, you're then the card and the cards are different things. Like there are some cards that are all in the game scoring and that's really cool. Other cards are going to give you stuff now. Other cards are going to go in this engine that you can run at different times, like to give you stuff, which I, I love that there's just so, again, so many possibilities. Then a periodically when Catholics attack, the church comes and can slap you around. Like, am I going to take that slapping around? I'm going to try to get my act together. Like, I, I think the Italians had some trauma in their life with people <laughs> slapping them around. I don't know. It's in like all their games. The government, the church, it's just they have yeah. problems with authority. Yeah, maybe. You and me both, Italians, you and me both. Um, <laughs> that's what I just, this game, again, multi-pass victory. Like you can like get a great engine and run that with those kind of cards or you can just really stockpile like in-game cards or there's these cards that you get um, – that once you meet certain criteria, they give you like a ton of stuff. Like, oh, that's really cool. They give you these awesome powers. So that's like a cool thing to go into. Like, it's just such a fun game. Do we have the expansion for this? Or we keep talking about it and don't buy it. No, we expensive. do have it. We just uh, haven't played it yet. Because really, there's a lot going on. And just the yeah. base game. But it is really good. So my number 13, Lorenzo Il Magnifico. All right, so my number 12 is actually a game from the Italians that doesn't really slap you around. It doesn't have any That's true. Pe- it doesn't have any people coming to slap you around. And that is Council of Four. And this is a game in this it has a similar mechanism of ticket to ride where you're collecting these cards and you're using these cards of certain colors to influence these four councils. And the councils are you need to get certain councils of certain colors on these um council seats so you can then take actions in those locations by getting building permits and then ultimately being able to build an emporium in the appropriate city that you bought the building permit for and you're trying to build networks connected networks across this map uh every time they're connected all the bonuses of all your connected buildings fire off so it's in your interest to always build a building that's in your network because you get a pile of stuff but it's also in your interest to try to build uh, buildings in matching color cities because if you can do that first you get some bonus points so there's a little bit of you know do i want to do this do i want to do that that kind of thing and it's this is one of those games where whoever puts all their cities out their buildings out first game ends and then you're gonna score whoever has the most points is the winner um it's fantastic it's so satisfying pushing those stupid counselors off the the council seat and trying to get them in your favor so you don't have to spend money and it's just a great time. Uh, we have the old and busted one. There's a new version that you can get. You can't get this one that that much. But either way, they're both fine. Um, if it sounds interesting, do you go check it out? My number 12, Council of Four. Yeah, the old one has the ability to push people off the council seats. But the new one is just these big fat minis from CMON. That it's just not as fun. No, it's the same game. But yeah, it's not, it's not as satisfying. Yeah. I think I may talk about this later. Um or another day. Uh, my number 12 is, again, a new game that crept on here. And the more I play it, man, the more I really like it. And that's Distilled. Um, in Distilled, you are, inherit a distillery. You got you inherit, like, a family recipe. And you're going to go about um, learning recipes for different types of alcohol, different types of spirits, making them, bottling them, 
um, selling them or just and displaying the bottles that you have made. Um, it's got really cool art. You've got this market because you've got to buy ingredients. Um, you want to you can buy upgrades to your distillery and people to work for you give you special bonuses you've got to get certain things to actually make the liquor that you need um and much like and it's got some cool thematic elements where i'm going to put all these different types of ingredients in i know i need so many sugars and these kind of things to make this recipe i want but when you're making alcohol the first part that comes out it's not going to be good you're going to throw that back so you take top card out um, the end, the drag's not good. You're going to throw that back, but it can be used later. So you pull off the top and the bottom card. They're used later. And then you make a recipe out of what's left. That is really cool. Um, just the variety that comes in the box. So many different like recipe cards that you can work with, um, characters that you can play with. Like it is just bananas. The replayability of this, um, it's it's a little bit heavy and again you could you can go a lot of different ways like i'm going to get a bunch of different types of bottles or i'm going to match um i'm like there are different goals that come up each time you play um just a really fun game number 12 distilled yeah this is a good one i thought i talked about it already but who knows i don't know i don't remember it but gosh i never know what yeah. you do with yourself maybe i did it i don't know I mean, if you didn't even put it on your list, who knows? I, I know it's on my list. I Well, I don't know that. You don't know that. We'll, we'll just move on to number 11. <laughs> uh, my number 11 is actually a game that I just saw on GameFound that they were reprinting with a different theme and a few tweaks called Cookie Champion or Cookie Master or something. But mm. our version is called Rococo. And this is a game about being master tailors and apprentices trying to make dresses and coats for a fancy ball. And what that means is you're going to be playing a card down that's going to be either a journeyman, apprentice, or um, a master. And then based on what type of worker it is, it's going to be allow you to do certain types of things. Like only masters can make certain types of coats and dresses. The apprentices can get goods like fa fabric and thread so you can uh start to work so you can have materials to work on the dresses there's some that can visit the queen to score points there's uh i think the master can go recruit more cards into your deck because it's kind of like a deck builder game a little bit you're trying to get new workers in to get rid of your old ones you can expire old workers to get money for them it's a really fun game uh there's a lot of stuff going on in it, it it's a little bit heavier than i think people give it credit for but uh i really enjoy it and it's one that i would like to play again at some point but yeah, there we go. Number 11, Rococo. Yes, I do really like Rococo. I'm not sure. I think that was on an earlier list of mine. Um, my last one of the episode, my number 11, has so many of my favorite things in one game. And that is Iki. Um, this is newer to us. We have played the new version and also the older version, which has like an older... Um, I don't know, more traditional looking Japanese design. Yeah, there's a, na there's a name for it. I'm going to look it up while you're talking. The name for the game from before? No, uh, the, the art style. Oh, okay. I'm just looking it up. I'm curious. All right. Um, but in this game, you're in Edo, which is now called Tokyo. 
but again, it's not modern. Um, so you are moving around through this market um, and you're getting fish and you're getting like you can get pipes and tobacco I think different types different types of fish you've got um, you can employ people to work in different shops and eventually they're going to work and then retire like there's all kinds of jobs also sometimes fire happens and you got to deal with that like you don't want your shops to burn down um, it is a bit complex um, but it's really beautiful um there's again lots of interesting things that you can do um all the different cards of the different types of jobs people can have uh, you can also you're collecting like rice and sandals for movement um i just really enjoy this game i would like to play more of it um, but again, it is, a, it is a little bit heavier game, but it looks deceptively like small, like, oh yeah, there's just some tiles on this one board and you just move around. Mm -hmm. But the things that you can do are just so varied. Um, I, I just really like the challenge of this game, this theme of this game. We also, do we get the expansion? Uh, our version doesn't have the expansion. Okay. There is an expansion. Um, For the new, is, the new one. Yeah, like fishing off the bridge, the Nihambashi Bridge. Yeah, um, I never looked it up, so yeah, I don't know what it is. I forget what it's what the expansion is called, but um, I, there's so much in the base to add to it. it. If it was a small add-on, yeah, I would totally do it. If it adds a whole another level of complexity, I don't know if I'm ready for that, if I played this enough, um, but I, I really enjoy that challenge. So my number 11 is Iki. Yeah, I know for a fact that I'll talk about this one later. This is one that I do know. Hmm. There you go. There you go. See, I'm uh -huh. paying attention. I know I know it's on my list. You do not. That's the lies. I know this one. Well, why don't you count? Why don't you revisit the list of your 20 to 11? Well, I know that because it's, it's on this list here. Thank goodness. Uh, my number 20 <laughs> is the Quacks of Quedlinburg. 19 is All Clanks. 18 is Zolk in the Mayan Calendar. 17 is Earth. 16 is Grand Austria Hotel, 15 Wingspan, 14 Concordia, 13 Everdale, 12 Council of Four, and 11 Rococo. My number 20 is Wonderland's War, 19 is Shakespeare, 18 Pret-a-Porter, 17 Nidavellir, 16 Belgian Beers Race, 15 Elysium, 14 Earth, 13 Lorenzo Il Magnifico, 12 Distilled, and 11 Iki. So if you're playing along, I'd love to see your numbers 20 to 11. Um, any surprises from us? Any that you still haven't played that you're like, oh, yeah, you guys talk about this all the time. I need to play it. We'd love to hear from you. Hit up any of our socials um, or tell us about some new games that we want to put on our 2024 top 100. Yeah, I got nothing to say. Okay, cool. I couldn't find the Iki art, so I have no idea. So that was a nice, a nice setup and a nice letdown. There you go. Amazing. <laughs> well, I guess we'll end it here. Uh, I've been Katie, and I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. <laughs>